0: This is Global Ambitions, your 15-minute window into the minds of localization and international go-to-market experts. Discover how they respond to their biggest challenges. Here's today's host.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Antoine Ray, and I will be your host today for this Global Ambition podcast. My guest today is Tarja Karja-Lainen, and Tarja is the Localization Program Manager at URA. Today our topic is going to be about user experience and customer experience. Taria, welcome to the program.
0: Hi Antoine, thanks for having me. Lovely to be here.
1: Usually Taria, uh, localization managers they come into a new startup and a new organization like Aura and they have to do localization, internationalization. In your case there's a whole other dimension around user experience. Is that right? Can you tell us maybe a bit more about that uh, approach that you have?
0: Absolutely. I was lucky enough to come into a company where internationalization was already pretty established and and, uh, I didn't have to do a lot of work on that so we've already had like engineers uh, done a tremendous job on getting the products internationalized and really I could dive into the kind of my what I'm really most excited about localization kind of this UX user experience and customer experience aspect of localization basically localization is user experience I mean there is no difference between the two you are as a localization manager you are building an experience for the international user. So, to me, those thing, two things are ca- quite similar. So, yeah, I mean, at Aura, we have a very content heavy app. We are trying to explain this kind of scientific, physiological terminology and phenomena to, to our users in a way that it's easily understood and actionable that the users can relate to. So, obviously, translating and localizing that into different languages is a, definitely a challenge.
1: Tell me, maybe how do we differentiate user experience versus the customer experience? Is there a difference or is that the same thing?
0: That's a that's a really good question. Uh, to me, at least, I mean, when I think about UX and, and CX, user experience is when your users are using your product. Let's say, in our case, the app they user. It, the user experience is what they see when they are using using the app, using our ring. And CX is something that goes beyond that. So that you, CX starts when the user is actually considering that they will buy the ring. What happens when they go to the website? And what happens when they go through that user journey of buying and receiving the ring and taking the ring into use for the first time, installing the app? and then potentially at the end of the user journey, discontinuing use of the product. Right. So kind of CX is the whole customer journey from, from when the customer actually doesn't even necessarily know that they want to buy a ring to the point of when they no longer use the ring, whereas uh, user experience is more focused on the UI and the and actual product use.
1: So in this case, you've mentioned that you have a specific uh, terminology that you use for the product in a quite uh, content heavy. So can you tell us maybe in some of the uh, challenges or the the issues that you may have come across when you tackled that aspect of the program?
0: Yeah, I mean... You know, we all, localization managers, usually have this, they have accustomed to doing things in a certain way. I, I definitely have doing this for, for years. I have had this kind of mental kit of, you know, that I'm following. This is what I do first. This is what I do then. And this is how it works. And And this is what I again, started out doing and realized it didn't work this time. And this was an interesting learning curve for me as well. Uh, Sometimes the things that you've learned to do doesn't necessarily work in all contexts. And as an example to what I started, out was doing, you know, I separated the terminology from the app, the key terminology, and and then I, we localized that first so that we could actually then in the translation phase, uh, just insert those pre thought out and, and localized terms into the content but this time the context of our app was so unique in a way that this workflow didn't work we ended up with a version where the terminology didn't feel right uh it didn't fit into the tonality of the of the texts and and we really had to take like another turn and see how to make that more relatable so then what we ended up doing is is listening to our customers listening to our users and we ended up sending out a survey to the users in these markets that we were localizing into and and creating a few screens that were localized in a different way with different wordings and with different tonalities and then asked our users to, to tell us uh, which sounds more like Aura and what sounds relatable to them. And then from that exercise, we were able to kind of create then the tonality and the terminology that felt right for our users as well. I mean, obviously, there are always terminology, physiological terminology that you cannot reinvent. Right. Uh, you cannot reinvent heart rate variability into whatever you, you want. But obviously, there's a lot of terminology that we were then able to kind of make sound more relatable and more like our tonality.
1: Right. Yeah. I presume there are like some human and physical aspects that are universal enough in this case. <laughs> I understand.
0: Yes. Yeah. We, we tend to sleep Sleep the same way.
1: (laughs) Yeah, whether you're Asian or American or European, you know, that's the same thing. And so, like, I like the idea of uh, having the user research where you're really involving the users from the get-go in this case.
0: Yeah, I think that that's one of the the most effective and and I I might add fun way of doing localization. I mean, obviously, when you have a product and you already have a product market fit specific market, and you already have user base in that market, then that is a really good resource to tap into. I mean, who is better to to tell you what they want the, the product to sound like than the people who are actually already using it and in their native language? So that's, I think that that's something that definitely we will be continuing doing, listening to our users and getting their feedback because this is our product is such that uh, we kind of follow everyone's life. Almost it's, it's for many users. It's the first thing that for me as well, it's the first thing you look at in the morning and the last thing you look at in the evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of a companion, so it needs to, to speak to you in, in a way that feels natural to you in all languages.
1: And did you feel then, Tadia, that working with your engineering team and the UX team that you have to evangelize with them for designing with a global mindset in mind, or is that already ingrained in those teams?
0: I think that in our, because we're a global company, we have offices uh, in the US and in Finland, and we have a lot of different nationalities working for us. And there is already a kind of this global mindset in our company that, that of course, helps. But obviously, you have to evangelize. It's always a part of a localization manager's job to to evangelize these things. And, you know, if you're not working in localization, you don't necessarily think about all the little things that, that apply to the designing for global users. But yes, that's one of the most exciting things, I think, you know, being able to look at the the designs from the global user's perspective and saying that, hey, maybe this could be slightly different. You know, let's consider that this language is a lot longer in, in these buttons, or let's consider that this coloring might be misinterpreted in some cultures. So definitely that's, to me, always been the most interesting part of, of localization, uh, getting involved in, in the UX and the experiences that we design.
1: So this is great. So some challenge with the terminology that you kind of addressed like by involving the user in your user research, you know, and that turns into a success, Other maybe experience and successes that you've experienced with the UX team in the design of this product for international markets that you can share with the audience here.
0: You know, one of the successes is that we've been getting a lot of really nice feedback from our customers. You know, from this exercise of listening to our customers, we were able to create a tonality that really worked and is familiar to our users. So that was a big success in terms of getting that
1: right. How are you measuring the success then once you've engaged with that audience, you can sense that the terminology is right but then do you have way to measure the success of the product maybe in adoption from a UX perspective?
0: One of the things that I, I look at most is customer feedback, uh, user feedback, and really one of the metrics that we follow with considering was a language, adding a language to the app successful or not, is the ratings that we get and, and obviously the feedback that we get from the users. So, you know, we've been getting a lot of good feedback on the language releases that we did. You know, our customers might send us messages saying, I really love the app now that it's in this language. And yeah, really, those are the things that I really love look at the most Uh, obviously the app ratings in the when you're developing an app that that's one of the things that you follow most that gives you an idea but also we do see this in retention you know all of that data user data you can follow to see we've been getting a lot of new users i think that the most important things in terms of success for adding a language we look at the reviews of the app so that gives you a really good idea of how that language is performing and for instance, we have a lot of requests for, for different languages. I mean, we, we cannot fulfill all of them at once, but you know, when you're adding a language especially that has been requested a lot by the users in the ratings and in the feedback that we get, it's really rewarding when you then see the rating go up because we, for instance, get a lot of free feedback on, you know, if this app was in this language, we would give it five stars. And, and then when you see that happening after you release that language, I think that that's a really good metric for customer success and happiness.
1: And in your case, there's a direct correlation, I suppose, because you have a, a product as well as an app and they work hand in hand. So the users have to buy the product to use the app.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: So it looks like you have a product that has been really designed with a global mindset to start with. And therefore, you know, the experience from country to country seems to be quite uh, positive and you're getting the, the, the feedback from there. So what's the next step for URA and the UX design or the localization team? What are you going to be concentrating on over the next few months now?
0: So as we're, as we're designing new content for the app, we want to make sure that it's something that is relevant in all of our markets for all of our users, so that we are actually designing content that our users want to be using no matter where they are in the
1: world. That's great. Well, they're very lucky to have like someone like you in the organization working closely to people that are receptive to a global mindset in the UX team. So that's fantastic. Talia, maybe, you know, we've had a great experience here talking about UX and customer experience as well. It'd be great if you could recommend for someone else, you know, in your network to join our podcast as well and share their experience in localization with our listeners.
0: Absolutely. Uh, so many people to nominate, but I, I would really be interested in hearing what Christiane Bark from Bozu would have to say about localization and yeah, some of the challenges and successes in her, her company.
1: Well, we'll get in, cons- in contact with uh, Christiane in that case, for sure. Thanks very much for your participation. This is great, Taya, and we'll talk to you soon, I'm sure, again.
0: Thank you so much, Antoine. It was my pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to Global Ambitions. Subscribe at globalambitions.net
1: or wherever you get your podcasts.